Episode 5, PT Podcast. So this is Christmas time. You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This would be Season 3. You, you're listening to Punk Theology. And now we join the punks, already in progress. Hello! Oh, hey, that's cool. So this is Christmas. You had this idea, that song popped into your head. Heard it on the radio. Pause the show! Okay, uh, this is going to take some explaining because we're not playing bumper promos this season. Working to get on Spotify and iHeartRadio, which forbid any clips of material. So, let me read you some lyrics. Kicking off this show into context. A very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. And so this is Christmas. For weak and for strong... For rich and for poor ones, the world is so wrong. And so happy Christmas for black and for white, for yellow, for red ones. Let's stop all the fight. And now, again, we join Punk's already in progress. It brings back a ton of emotions. Uh, I think the anticipation of Christmas um, and just asking the question, so this is Christmas? Right. Or... So this is Christmas. However you uh, enunciate. Apply tone. Apply tone. (laughs) Because it has an attitude of excitement, but also um, disappointment, I think, with some people. We build up an excitement for what we think it should be. Uh, The Rockwell painting picture or the Hallmark movie, Christmas. And then when it doesn't live up to that, we can ask that question. So this is Christmas. So it's like the life isn't a 50s sitcom? <laughs> I think as you get older, though, yeah. all of the things that you thought that you would accomplish or do, or maybe that starts to pile up and, and you just start to let that stuff die. Dreams die, is that what it is? Or I mean, I get it. It's that existential angst yeah time seems to go so much faster that it seems like it was just last it feels like a month ago it was summer yeah and now it's approaching 2020 i remember how the big big 2k or 2000 how everything was going to shut down and computers are going to shut down so you got to shut everything off that was 20 years ago. Yeah. It was kind of fun. 20 years ago. I kind of missed We should do it one, one year just to just to relive those, those times. <laughs> it feels... we, we had like, I don't know, 600 pounds of canned goods in the basement. My dad <laughs> yeah. bought a generator. Oh, man. And, and we were in Idaho, and that was the, that was the uh, we were the calm ones. There's some, right. people, <laughs> there's some people that are really... Uh, Price people that spent twenty thirty thousand dollars. Yeah, getting ready and then <laughs> nothing. There was a guy, uh, I know I know a guy, Queens really. Um, he worked for the radio station and the Christian radio station in Seattle, 
packed up his family and they moved to this big commune kind of thing out in the, out in the mountains, you know, and when Y2K came and, and oh yeah, everyone was disappointed <laughs> and he moved back and put his life back together and it's like, wow, there's some nostalgia for you right there. My dad talks about that because he's, uh, he's in Idaho doing dentistry and he gets these guys coming in that, you know, have these huge bunkers with all the food and all the ammunition and he said when 2008 happened and things started to go down, they were so excited. Oh, yeah. Like, they were they were just, they couldn't keep it together. So happy that the world was finally coming to an end. Yeah. And uh, it didn't pan out the way they wanted it to. <laughs> they got to be right, finally. They got to be right. Yeah. Uh, the thing is with that stuff, too, is it all has an expiration date. Yeah. Like, every 20 right. years or yeah. 15 years, you got to pack all that shit up, throw yeah. it out, and get yeah. new stuff. Yeah, it's like that we're not content where we are. I mean, that's, I think that's, we want something more out of today or Christmas or Thanksgiving or our birthday or our anniversary. Instead of just living in the moment and enjoying the moment, we want it to be something else. Yeah. And I think that's probably, I was talking with a, one of my customers about just enjoying the moment, staying in each moment. Enjoying what you're like, even in here in, in at Derek's, the smell of the fire going, mm. you know, the, the chill in the air. Uh, enjoying the moment as opposed to, well, I'll enjoy the moment if this happens and that happens, or if I achieve this or I feel this way. But just stay in the moment. I think as I get older, that's one of the things I've been really realizing is that time is spinning. It's another Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not good at that. We've had some talks in here off mic about it even. Like when the pain sets in, I run to a, a humor sometimes. I try and divert, um, escape, like really quickly. It's a habit, you know, and it's a habit I've formed over years. It's part of my, part of my sadness, my damage, I think. To lighten things up when it feels too heavy or or when I feel vulnerable, right? Like, oh, shit, my cracks are showing. I'll throw out a joke or something, you know, to, to bypass that feeling. Yeah, it'd be nice if in the moment you realize that's what you were doing, too. Yeah. But it's like 10 minutes later, you're like, or even three weeks later. Yeah. You're like, oh, wait, I have an opportunity to open up a little bit. And well, that's good about these relationships, too, because you can, I mean, you have, guys have reminded me of that. Like, Russ, just shut up. <laughs> you know? And I appreciate that, because sometimes, oh, shit, that's what I'm doing. And it's been a, it's been part of my therapy. It's been part of the process for me is, is uh, that, what you said, Steve, staying in the moment, man. Like, that's fucking hard. It is. And, and, but it shouldn't have to be. And I think when I can do it, when I can get, when I can practice it and get in the rhythm of it, I think it has a rhythm. Life has a fucking rhythm. Christmas is part of that rhythm. Like it's a, it's a damn note on the chart or something. <laughs> it pops up once a year and it goes, you know, like a tuning fork. Burn, like here's another Christmas. Another year has gone by. And, and we uh, stress over, you know, what, we stress over the money that we're going to spend. We stress over what are we going to get? Are they going to like what I get? Them? 
Uh, am I going to like what I get? As opposed to just enjoying that moment with those people that you're with at that time. Yeah. There's a lot of kind of enemies of the moment, if you will. One of them that Russ, you mentioned, is just pain. Remember the pain. Yeah. That, that all of a sudden the moment's gone because you're you're bouncing off of it. Right. It hurts too much. Uh, another one is obligation. I think that's kind of what you're hitting against, Steve. Of like, there's all this family shit that has to happen. I've got to do this at this time scale. I'm still working, and I've got to do all that other stuff. I think another one that's big for me is imagination. Mm. Of like. Of, of you're imagining in your head what the year's going to look like, what this Christmas is going to look like, and how, how stuff is going to be, and it's going to be great, and how you're going to feel. And uh, and there's so much disappointment. And, you know, your imagination is so much more powerful than reality. Yeah. And you can imagine, even if reality is really, really great, uh, it's not that difficult to imagine things being better. Yeah. And if you're kind of getting that cycle of constantly... It's like feeding your imagination with disappointment. Yeah. Like taking that disappointment and recycling it and then building the building the fantasy bigger and then being more disappointed and then recycling Future that. tripping. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we talked about that, right? Yeah, that's so true. What did Neil Strauss said that in one of his books is that reality never meets our imagination. Yeah. We always imagine things. And people, relationships, um, vacations holidays, the job, the next contract, the reality of that imagination never meets that because our imagination just runs. Well, and that's how dopamine works. You get more dopamine from the hype than you do from the actual execution. So you you get the biggest hit of dopamine right before you get something, not when you get something. And it kind of ramps up and up and up and up. And then it's kind of a letdown because you're you're all downhill after that initial peak of <laughs> yeah of excitement. No, that's, yeah, like yeah. that new car. Well, new car to me. Right. You know, it's exciting. And then the next day, it's like you're the same. I have it. Yeah. I have it now. Yeah. What? You know? Yeah. 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 That'd be every five-year-old Christmas toy the day after Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also there's also that feeling of um, the fight. So that rise that you get, you know, you see boxers or or uh, mixed, mixed martial arts guys and they have a fight set and they bring them together for the cameras or whatever. Like sometimes that feeling pops up around this time of year too, you know? Like, oh, my brother or my stepbrother or whoever it is in your family that you feel the conflict with. And I had this a few years ago and I'm not going to mention family member and it wasn't Christmas, but it was a time when they were they were coming to visit, and I got, you know, all future trippy and like, oh, there's going to be a fight, or they're going to say something, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have to, like, check myself not to explode. I'm going to have to have my game on and think of all the things I'm going to say, my counters, you know, and, and just envisioning this horrible <laughs> event of them coming to visit and then bringing up some shit and then, or, or just picking a fight, right? Um, cause that's, that's what this family member tended to do, but they came, I'm all freaked out about it. And there was no, there was no conflict and it wasn't even, you know, 
and we got we had we actually had a really good talk about some stuff that that I wanted to touch on and and, and we got kind of deep where where this family member didn't tend to get real deep and it was really beautiful but we were bracing ourselves for the worst <laughs> and like and like you're talking about Derek that whole feeling that dopamine everything's rising I'm like like fucking Rocky or something, you know, <laughs> for the bell to go Get off. Behind, yeah. Fuck you, yeah. you know. But it didn't. It didn't turn out that way. But that's that's an interesting thing about that. And I think that when we do stuff like that, the time escapes, right? Because there's something about that's what I was thinking about. I saw this stupid. It was a commercial. It was for Chick Fil A. <laughs> but it was a, it was a short film. It was during a football game. It was called Time Shop. If you get a chance to look it up on YouTube or whatever, um, and, and the idea was that this this little girl walks into and her grandpa walk into this shop, and it's like clocks and watches and stuff like that. But it's not just that; the person is actually showing the value of time, like spending time with your grandpa. Like this is the time. Look at this. You guys were at the park and you were playing and you spent that time, you know. And then they kind of like put it in a box or whatever and. There you go. There's your time. And I thought that was such a beautiful way to illustrate the time that we spend with people who are important, right, or just family. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's, I mean, it triggers some weird stuff for me just because my grandpa just died. Yeah, sorry, um, man. Yeah. That was real recent, too. Huh? Yeah, and that's – it's been weird. Uh Probably because I don't think about it all that often. And then I think about it, and then it's like, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh. Um, part of me feels guilty for not feeling it deeper. Mm. Um, I didn't really cry. Uh, I got a lot of really good closures. I went and saw him a month before. Um, How old? He didn't, he's 90, 90, 91. Yeah. Um, so he was pretty old. He had a good Yeah, had a good run. And we had a really good time. I got to tell him some. I I knew that this might be coming, so I got to tell him some stuff, thank him for some things that he did as a kid with me. Um, and that was really good. But there's also Steve, what you're talking about there, just like it wasn't quite what I imagined, type of thing. Like I left him, and he seemed to be really good spot. And there was part of me that was like he's not really going to die. Like, he seems to be doing really, really well. Right. Like, like saying goodbye. I'm feeling myself in that moment being kind of halfway between, between, like, really saying goodbye because it was the last time I was going to see him, and then part of my... I was like, that's not... I'm going to see him again. Like, like he's he looks great. Uh, so, and I seem to process death really, really slowly. Like, it takes months years maybe for me to get around to untangling a lot of that stuff so um but yeah the and then i'm i'm going home for christmas to idaho and that'll be interesting um hopefully i'll be able to do some processing there because uh, because everybody there will still be feeling this stuff my grandpa yeah. died. Um, it's gonna be a little bit awkward um I had a really tight relationship with my grandpa. Uh, there may have been some favoritism here or there that went on with that. Right. Uh, that always makes it a little awkward for me because I don't want to, 
like trigger that for other people. Right. Um, but uh, everybody's yeah, thinking like, about yeah, I know. <laughs> people do that, right? Like, oh. Well, I was even thinking, like, so I'm going to go down. Why couldn't the other grandpa die? <laughs> for, the, for the memorial service. I mean, favoritism towards me. Right. Like, okay. he, he kind of like. Oh, I see. He right. liked me. I see. He liked everybody. Right. <laughs> but but, but him, him and I had a special oh, kind of. Right. And uh, Derek was grandpa's favorite. Yeah. And he. I mean, fucker. I mean. <laughs> He had a tendency at times to be critical about to some people. Yeah. To really come down hard on people. And there's a number of people in my family that he really hurt badly mm. by saying some things that were pretty critical. He never did that to me. Oh wow. Never once. And and he just spent a lot of time with me. We would go golfing all the time. Anytime he came to town we would go golfing or we'd go skiing. Um, or we'd go out to eat or something. He he used to take me on trips. Um, so even thinking about how I'm going to do the memorial, because part of me really wants to get up and talk about my grandpa, Mm -hmm. uh, and how meaningful he was to me and how many things in my life I wouldn't have if he hadn't been that involved, but it's going to be weird saying that to a room of people that don't have that same... Yeah. yeah, I don't, and I don't know that it may not be that big of a deal. Maybe I just do it. Maybe I'm overthinking it, yeah. or maybe it really hurts people. Yeah. Anyways, this is kind of that's what I'm dealing with lately. Lately, and it's funny how many and your you know your conversation about getting ramped up. It's funny how many times I play those scenarios in my head. Mm. Of, and sometimes I'm like, no, I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to let somebody else get up and talk. Uh, and other times I'm running through what I'm going to say and imagining what it's going to be like with the people that are there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And at the same time, I just, I don't want to deal with any of that shit. I just want to be there and remember my grandpa. Right. So I don't know. So get up and tell your thing, man. Yeah. Just tell your truth and, and uh, your slice of the pie yeah. or your slice of time with him. Cause it sounded like he'd spent a lot of time. He did. Spend a lot he of time. spent a lot of time together. Yeah. Wow. I envy that because uh, my grandpa died when I was 30, no, 23, 24, and I didn't care. Yeah. You know, um, looking back now, there were some great times that he had more patience with me than my dad did. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I'm really trying to understand and, uh, and, and stay in the moment, to enjoy the people that you're with and enjoy what you have when you have it. Because, you know, it's been said is your life can change with one phone call on your cell phone. Yeah. You know, the, your wife didn't make it home. That's the police calling. Um, and there's some sure people that are listening that have had their lives altered. And what I just don't want... A tragedy to affect me to where I wish I'd have done something. Yeah. And it sounds like Derek, you had a great. It's great funny. I had. Grandpa. I. I had a dream. Where I had like about it was probably six weeks before I went down there, where the I woke up with this really strong mandate to go see my grandpa. I don't remember much about the dream, but remember waking up and being like, I've got to go see my grandpa now. Um, which is funny. Uh, clearly, it was somewhere in my subconscious I was dealing with that. 
but I've never had a dream like that mm. where where it was like you got to go do this right now. Right. Uh, and and that feeling stuck with me until I went and saw him. Um, yeah. And how long ago was that? Uh, I saw him first week of November, so about six weeks ago. But when when you had the dream? Oh, the dream. Though, like that was the, the dream. Uh, late September. Okay. Wow. So yeah. And within a month, I went and worked something out. Went mm-hmm. down and saw him, and then. Where did he live? Uh, Pasadena. Oh, okay. Pasadena's beautiful. It's so nice. I am, fan Halen is from Pasadena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a fan of Southern California, <laughs> but Pasadena is awesome. Yeah, it's its, it's own so thing. nice. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah, interesting. It's, great. it's got like a mix of New York and the Midwest, and it's well, it's know, just it's pretty. It's it is. So it's beautiful. Pretty. There's so many parts of Southern California that are just scrub brush ugly. Yeah. And Pasadena is <laughs> like this desert. Yeah. yeah. Now, was that your dad's dad or your mom's? My mom's dad. Mom's. So yeah, now I only have one living grandparent, um, which is funny because she was the one. Ever since I was probably six, every time she saw me, she'd be like. Well, I'm probably gonna die before I see you again. I had one of those. <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> and she's and she's the last one. And she, I don't know. She might. She's stubborn enough to live another ten years. I don't know. Right. But yeah. So we'll see. The, <laughs> so that brings up another like family reunions. Did you guys do that? Your family? Yeah. We had one. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But there's something too, like in the South, like it's a, it's a big, it's a bigger thing. I think you they value more extended family type. Of yeah, you get all sorts of people uh, and, yeah. and just a bunch of. They have a huge, a huge. But I was listening to, I've heard some people talk about this, and I was listening to a song recently, and it was like a southern, it was like a rockabilly, but sort of offensive. I can't remember the name of it. I'll send it to you guys. It's 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 funny and amazing. It's weird. It's probably inappropriate but <laughs> um w- one of the things they said in the song and it brought up the some of what my friends have talked about from the south and, and having the the cookouts or the family reunions and they and they use this this expression like we're gonna have us a time mm-hmm. you know hey let's come together we're all gonna have us a time like i think that's an interesting mindfulness kind of exercise right like let's just have a time you know or remember we had that thing, Derek, and we had us a time, right? Mm-hmm. Like they use that kind of language. The language is, is interesting because it, it it brings up the feels of, oh, yeah, I spent that time, you know. Like my life isn't just a milestone life. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The things that we forget. Yeah, we had, I'm from the Midwest, and we had uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, we had big family reunions. When did you move out of the, the Midwest? We moved from Wichita to Pennsylvania in 62. Oh, yeah, were you? Yeah, bowling. I was you seven. Like seven, yeah. Yeah, six, seven. And then uh, we moved out here from Pennsylvania when I was 12. Wow. But we had big family reunions. Second and third cousins. Right. People I just, at the time, could care less for. And now I value relationship. Yeah. And that's, you know, if I could talk to the younger Steve, it would be, dude, enjoy those relationships, you know, that you had when you were you're 20. You know, I've got some friends that were, I was in college with that are still good friends, but when, when we get together, we just pick right up where we left off, but we don't still see each other now. 
And that's one of the, the te- uh, for me, one of the, my practices when I'm with those guys is to enjoy that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever it is, going out for a beer, going out for a good meal, sitting around just talking. Have you a time? Have me a time. Say <laughs> yeah. yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do you listeners in the South? I, I don't know. Probably not. Probably <laughs> 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 not. Uh, um, yeah. The awareness of time, I think that's the whole mindfulness part that I was, uh, I was really, I don't know, for some reason that, that, that little short film hit me, right? Like being mindful of, of just spending time and even making time, you know? There's so many people I want to have coffee with and, and texts come up or social media posts and it's like, hey, we should, we need to get together and then it's like... But I don't have the time. <laughs> you know, it's like, fuck. Time is such an elusive thing. Well, one of the things I'm looking forward to is my wife wants to run down to Elwood Mall Saturday morning. She goes, what? Because I go down there every Saturday anyway and walk. And she goes, so what time are you planning on going down there? And I go, well, I'm, I usually leave here about 7. And then that's last Saturday before Christmas, the mall will open at 8. I mean, all the stores will be open at 8. And it will be slammed. And she goes, oh, I'm going to go with you. Really? Sweet. And that's what I'm excited about is just going, drive down there with her. It'll still be dark. Mm-hmm. You know, get to the mall, stop and get Starbucks, go get what we need to get. And my fear is that she'll be in a hurry to get it in and get out and get done. And I want to be in the moment. Right. And it's a struggle because it's it's hilarious because we've actually switched roles because I was getting in, get out, in, let's go when I was younger. And now I'm, no, I want to stay in the moment. I want to enjoy the moment. Uh, last time we were in uh, at Disneyland with the family, um, the girls and, and my wife and I, uh, my oldest and I went over to the Magic Moments or Magic Mornings or where we got in early. And I remember sitting at one of the um, cafes having hot chocolate and coffee and splitting a cinnamon roll with my daughter. And that did. To this day was awesome. Yeah. And I was just beginning to understand what I meant to enjoy the moment. And the baker came out in his full regalia and over here. And he sits down with us and he's just talking. Goes, so, where are you guys from? You know, where, how long are you here? And, and we just commented on that and, and we had so much fun. It was just that moment of, I would love to do it again because I'm further down that road of enjoying those moments. But yet, even then, considering where I'd been, it was awesome just to sit in that moment. I was in no hurry. You know, we both, there was rides to be rode, but we were in that moment, just enjoying that time. It was warm, and that is, if I could, again, like I said, go back and talk to that younger guy and say, enjoy the moment. Enjoy the Christmas. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's got all the stuff in it. And it could be disastrous. But just enjoy the time there. Enjoy the, the, what meal it is. And it might just be McDonald's yeah. for that matter. I don't think a younger version of yourself can do that, though. I think it takes a long time to learn how to do it. And, uh, and honestly, so I would, I've been teaching some high school classes uh, and talk, talking to Misha a little bit about teaching. Um, 
Wait, hold on. You're teaching a high school class? Yeah, I can every once in a while. For I your job? Yeah, for my job. Nice. So I teach on stormwater and that type of thing. So I'll, it's only for like a day. So I'll go in and teach like four classes, and then a couple weeks later I'll do it again. Oh, interesting. Uh, but uh, talking to Misha about development, and like the teenage brain has this thing where uh, it just can't care about anything other than itself. Like it just can't. <laughs> I like, couldn't. Yeah, there's just this deep selfishness uh, feel better. that like yeah like literally part of the brain hasn't developed to the point hmm. where they even can value relationships and uh and i and i'm sure that extends you know the male brain they say doesn't even stop developing till 27 28 they say now um so it's yeah i mean and then and then they say emotional de- uh, intelligence uh doesn't peak until 45 or 50. So it takes you 50 years to get to the point where you can really even appreciate that stuff. And it's not a... That would be about right. (laughs) It's not a, I wish I would have done it back then. It's a, I couldn't do it back then. I just didn't have the tools yet. I hadn't developed those. Isn't part of that cultural, though? I'm sure it is. Yeah, some of it's... And part of it's just... Things are moving fast. You're trying to establish yourself. You're trying to get your life in order and make everything work and get yourself propped up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's all kinds of factors, but there's definitely a physiological like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your brain just. Yeah. Your brain's not capable of that. Yeah. Yeah, because it was about 50 when it started to click for me. That makes that makes real sense. Yeah. I do have regrets that I didn't have. I didn't value the relationships, but I'm looking at those relationships from a 63-year-old right. mindset, right. you know, as opposed to the 40-year-old, 30-year-old, 20-year-old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, that's the thing about teaching, too, is you're, you're trying to find some kind of thing to break past all the mush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So find so your hook. Yeah. yeah, some kind of I'm Trying hook. to find a hook. Yeah, yeah. yeah freaking out or something. I had a teacher when I was when I was in high school, actually when I moved to Alaska, and I was the new kid, you know, on this military base and and here's this guy, ex military, he was a he was the history teacher. I think it was like my third day in his class and I kinda came through late. There was a couple of girls that came in behind me, but I think he did it with a guy for right for a reason. But so he says he says, Mr. Shaw, I need you to stand in front of the class. I'm like, okay. And he goes, I want you to empty your pockets. I'm like, what? And he goes, empty your pockets right here. I want to see what's in your pockets. I'm like, whatever. So I empty my pockets. And he goes, I want to see what's in your backpack. What's in your backpack? And I, like, I don't know. I pull out my backpack, get the books. And he's like, opening my books and going through there and stuff. He goes, you got any drugs? You got drugs on you, don't you? And I'm like, what, dude, what do I do? No, I don't got drugs on me. And he goes, today we're going to talk about illegal search and seizure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great segue because it got everyone's attention. Like, everyone all of a sudden, eyes are on me. What the hell is this kid like? What was he going to do if you had drugs? <laughs> I really did have drugs. Yeah, it was quite a gamble on his Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and knowing Russ, there was a good chance he had drugs. Yeah, no, not at <laughs> that, that was time. Before. That was, it was actually more like, uh, yeah, it was before I moved back here. That's when I got in a lot of trouble. It was hard to get drugs on that island. <laughs> Military base, yeah. dogs, yeah. the whole thing. People chip us weed in peanut butter jars, you know, <laughs> stuff it way down in there. Um, but yeah, that was, that was one of those things that makes you, when there's a stressful situation, it's funny how we value 
we value that time. I read an article about, about romantic relationships that spark up in the midst of crisis. Crisis, yeah, or a life-threatening ordeal, you know, you go through with someone. That was one of the reasons they talked about um, not having co-ed military combat units, you know, because all of a sudden the, the, the value, you know, the relationship more than the country or whatever your mission is. Uh, but anyway, uh, did we go off topic? I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, buy a war machine for your kids or something. I don't know. Go do something in the moment and be nice to yourself if you can't do it. That's yes. right. Value a relationship. Song lyrics. We should have looked up the song lyrics. Anyway. <laughs> so something I was thinking ending shows with now that we're not using uh, copyrighted bumpers, promos anymore, <laughs> um, was was reciting the lyrics. And, and Steve, you were talking about a song uh, earlier that, that hit you about time. Um, who, who, what was it? Who? Jim? Jim Croce. Jim Croce. Time in a Bottle. Time in a Bottle. And, and he died, right? Died in a plane, plane crash. crash. About 1972, 1973. Just an acoustic guitar. But uh, the lyrics to that song, If I Could Save Time in a Bottle, first thing that I'd ever do. If I Could Make Days Last Forever, If Words Could Make Wishes Come True... I'd save every day like a treasure, and then again I would spend them with you. But there never seems to be enough time to do the things we want to do. Once you find them, I've looked around enough to know that you're the one I want to go through time with. Love that. That's beautiful. Boom. Done. Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Oh, the silent majesty of a winter's morn, the clean cool chill of the holiday air and an asshole in his bathrobe emptying a chemical toilet into my sewer like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound please leave a review on itunes stitcher tune in radio or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast merry christmas merry christmas merry christmas kiss my ass kiss his ass kiss your ass happy hanukkah Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't check it out! Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney tonight, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. <laughs>